Well, last week we didn't have any kids' notes. This week I left the adults' notes at home. So uh, I guess we, we balanced it out. So if you could just look on the screen with me. Um, we're looking at chapter 31 in the Confession, looking at the state of man after the death, after death, and of the resurrection of the dead. The verse kind of to encapsulate a lot of what we're going to be looking at this evening is 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52. As it says, Behold, read it with me. I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Um, on last week, uh, uh, Mr. Powers looked at helping us understand that at death, the, the soul and the body are divided. That upon our death, that, that separation takes place. But uh, what was that phrase that he used? Starts with an I and it's a little bit long. A type of state. Intermediate stage, or uh, I think in the different form, intermediary stage, that we, we have this in-between time, and it's, it's a temporary time. It is one that from death until the second coming of Christ, we, we see this, this um, space of time, and the question is what happens to that. The, the soul is separated from the body. The soul of believers is in the presence of the Lord. Uh, the, the soul of unbelievers is uh, in, uh, in Hades and in a place of punishment. Uh, though it is not the final judgment, uh, there is a judgment that does take place because there's a separation that happens, uh, the, the just and the unjust. There is no in-between time uh, of uh, uh, of limbo, as uh, Jesus said to the man on the cross, the thief on the cross, today you will be with me. There's not a, a future uh, tense on that. We come to paragraph two, and it says, At the last day, such of the saints as are found alive shall not sleep, but be changed. And all the dead shall be raised up with the selfsame bodies, and none other although with different qualities, which shall be united again to their souls forever. And then paragraph three, the bodies of the unjust shall by the power of Christ be raised to dishonor the bodies of the just by his spirit unto honor and be made conformable to his own glorious body. When we're thinking about the timeline in which we're living right now, the, the paragraph two answers this question, what if Christ comes back while we're alive? And the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, as we read just a moment, in verses 15, a moment ago in 15, 51, and 52, Paul says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Um, but we shall all be changed. If, if you've ever been uh, to the Pierce's house, uh, they actually have this verse over their diaper changing area uh, as just kind of a, a fun verse. But it, it is a reminder that there will be some at the return of Christ who are alive. 
And this idea of sleep is not speaking of a physical going down to sleep. Uh, it is the, the same picture in 1 Corinthians 11. Those who have fallen asleep because they have dishonored and taken uh, the Lord's Supper in an unjust way, that they have died. And so uh, there are some that would be alive at the time of Christ's birth, at, type, at the time of Christ's return. And he says, we shall not all sleep. He says, there won't be a point in which every person on the face of the earth has died and then Christ comes back. There will be some who are alive. And when he comes back, they would be transformed to a glorified body. In the moment, in verse 51 of 15, uh, 1 Corinthians, in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. It says in verse 52, the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. So the, those who, have, uh, who are alive, there will be a transformation that takes place. Those who are dead will be raised and reunited with their body because their soul has uh, gone into the presence of the Lord, will be reunited with their body. But one of the things we recognize is that will not be the exact body. There is a resemblance of that body, but there will be different properties. One has said, well, what about those who have died a long time ago and their body is decomposed? And that's the answer. It's not a, um, it's not a discrepancy in the scriptures. We understand that the bodies that we will have in heaven are different, just as the body of Christ was different after his resurrection. Uh, you remember his uh, post-resurrection uh, appearances. Uh, there was a different radiance about it. There was a, uh, a physical presence where Thomas touches his hands. Jesus says, uh, when, when the doubting Thomas section happens, Jesus says, touch my hands here and feel my sides. It was a physical body, yet there were unique things because Jesus would appear in the room with his disciples. How'd that happen? And these are the questions that uh, we don't know. I remember having a professor in college who thought he had it all figured out, and it was all this, um, it, it was odd. But Dr. Pilkey himself was kind of an odd gentleman. But uh, we understand that it, there's, there's not a lot of information given other than the context that we were reading in 1 Corinthians 15. That is the passage that Jesus is speaking of, um, that Paul is speaking of Christ's resurrection. And if Christ is not risen from the dead, we are of most to be pitied, he says. Because our resurrection is linked to Christ's resurrection from the dead. He was the, the first to be resurrected, and so we will be resurrected in like manner. And so our bodies will have those same similar characteristics. One of the oldest books of the Bible uh, the book of Job says in Job nineteen twenty six and 27, notice what Job says, After my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my what? Flesh I shall see God. Job is proclaiming that there will be a day that comes that though his flesh is destroyed, his flesh will be with him as he sees the Lord. The, um, I've, I've read this at uh, different 
funerals for saints because what a beautiful picture it is of the hope of a believer. As Job finishes in verse 27, And my eyes shall behold, and not another, how my heart yearns within me. So those who are alive at the time of Christ's return don't die. Those who are dead, their bodies will be raised up from the grave. As 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16 and 17, probably a, a, a familiar verse um, for, though, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Those who are alive will be changed into a glorified body. Those who have died previously will be reunited with their soul and transformed into a glorified body. Notice the timing of that is at the last day. What day is that? No one knows except not even the Son of Man. The Father knows. It's interesting how uh, at the end of 1 Thessalonians 4, and thus shall we always be with the Lord. That picture of the, the, the man, being with his manifest presence permanently. We shall always be with the Lord. What is the, the character of uh, the bodies that are raised? Uh, they're raised to honor. Uh, they are, are a, a body that is spiritual. Again, in paragraph 2, the dead shall be raised up with the self-same bodies and none, none other, although with different qualities, and we shall be united again, uh, and which shall be united again to their souls. In paragraph 3, the bodies of the unjust shall by the power of Christ raise to dishonor, the bodies of the just by his spirit unto honor, and be made conformable to his own glorious body we see those characteristics of the bodies of believers raised to honor and by his spirit later in first corinthians 15 as we read earlier in verses 44 to 46 it says talking about the body it says it is sown a natural body it is raised a spiritual body there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body and so it is written the first adam became a living being the last adam became a life-giving spirit however the spiritual is not first but the natural and afterward the spiritual that's again one of those wordy passages but we see this contrast between the natural body and the spiritual body that we will not just be a spirit in heaven, but our body will be spiritual. In the sense that we will be back to a state that was not even the state of the original Adam. Think about when God created Adam and Eve, he created them with the ability to sin. That was the fleshly body. God created them perfect, but with the body, with the ability to sin. But upon our resurrection, we will have a spiritual body in the sense that we will not be in a state of the ability to sin. 
we will be made perfect in his likeness, in the likeness of Christ. We will not be gods with a little g, not whatsoever. We will be separate and distinct from God, but we will have the characteristics of Christ's resurrected body. Philippians 3, 20 and 21 says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly, what's the word? Body. That's an important word. It's not, we're not just a spirit. We will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the work by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. It will be raised, as 1 Corinthians 15.52, raised incorruptible. Meaning, without the ability to sin. There will not be a potential of us in heaven sinning again. Now, that's not because of our strength, but because of the work of the Spirit to produce that new body in us. But the resurrection of the unjust, they will be raised to dishonor. Uh, that, that word dishonored is, uh, comes from the same word as in Romans one twenty six when it says, For this reason God gave them up to the vile, that's the dishonor, or the dishonorable passions. They would be raised with weakness. They would be um, with the limitations and the, the, the lack of being conformed into the incorruptible image of Christ. It's contrasted with the saints' bodies there in 1 Corinthians 15. Jesus says in John 5, 28 and 29, Do not marvel at this. For the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and, to, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Now, we recognize that if you pulled this verse just out of its own context, you could say, hey, here's works-based salvation. But we see the whole of Scripture teaches us that that is not the case, that our works are evidence of our salvation. But notice the, the contrast there. Those that are his children to a resurrection of life, those who are not to the resurrection of condemnation. But what a great thing it is for the for the for believers to look ahead as job says my my soul yearns within me to that day sam waldron says this most blessed of all perhaps the new body is the sign and seal of that condition in which fellowship with god has been perfected it is indwelt ruled and energized to the highest degree by the Spirit of God. Its union with God in Christ, its possession of the highest divine favor, is unchangeable, immutable, indefectible. It is a spiritual and heavenly body. Why do we focus on these things? Why do we think on these things? Again, First Corinthians, uh, excuse me, First Thessalonians, we were talking about the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we who are alive shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. The next verse is verse 18. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. 
What is the hope of any believer? It's not the here and now. Our great comfort is that which is yet to come, that is accomplished in Christ. Our identity is in Christ. Our eternity is linked to his resurrection. Our bodies are connected, uh, are, um, are, are paralleling or are recipients of that same type of change. Comfort one another with these words that previous word, and so shall we always be with the Lord. What a beautiful picture of the permanence of eternity. But the permanence of eternity also should cause us to ask ourselves, where is my permanent eternity? Is that one of, upon my death, being in the future raised in dishonor, or one raised in honor? Is it based upon the work of Christ and glorified like him or in my own works facing condemnation? But for the believer, it is a place of great comfort to say that we can comfort one another with these words. It's interesting how often the speaking of end times things scares people. And yet, the speaking of end times things is meant to be a comfort for believers. Not to be one that is fearful. For it will be the time when we are reunited um, and actually brought into a relationship with the Lord, even that Adam and Eve didn't have, in that we will be raised incorruptible. By the grace of God, may that be... Of each of us, let's pray. Father, we speak of these things and Lord, sometimes it can be easy for them to just be academic. Thinking of the things of the future are challenging for us when we are finite to consider an infinite eternity. But Lord, I pray that in light of these truths, Lord, that you would help us to teach us, Lord, to number our days. Lord, that you would test us and see where our hearts are that we would that we would know that we are yours and if we are not that you would bring conviction to cause us to fall upon our knees and at the mercy of you and to find the forgiveness that we need in Christ alone but Lord as believers may the return of Christ be something that we are longing for May it be something that we desire. Lord, help us to not have our hearts so entwined here in this world so as to have our affections pulled away from that which is to be most satisfying. Lord, help us, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.